Welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to follow your passion and purpose. My name is Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of ATL Europe Group, also the creator of Kitty Talks. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. All our interviewees have been carefully selected and you will hear amazing inspirational stories from people who have listened to their little voice and followed their purpose. They will reveal bite-sized tips and success secrets that can help you to fulfill your passion and purpose on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and sign up for our exclusive club where you can hear behind-the-scenes footage. These interviews will inspire you to take action. Please like and share so others can have the courage to follow their passion and purpose too. We share inspirational life stories that empower you and encourage you to create yours. Today, I have with me the standards guy, Derek Mills. Hi, Derek. Hi, Kitty. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? And Derek and I have, uh, are very old friends, so we've known each other quite some time. Um, for those of you who don't know, Derek is a Hay House author. Uh, he wrote The 10 Second Philosophy. He's also the standards guy, and he is in a new film, which is very exciting. We're going to get you to tell us more about it. Coming out in America in July called Legacy, sorry, Think, isn't it? Legacy, Think, and Grow Rich. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. I look forward to hearing more about it. Um, Derek, thank you so much for joining us. I'd love for you to tell our audience uh, a little bit more about who you are and what you do in the world. Yeah, well, thanks, uh, Kitty. Thanks for having me. Um, well, here I am. Um, I'm discovering who I am all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's good. The, uh, the person I thought I was even just uh, 10, 12, 13 years ago, um, which I, if you'd asked me the question then, I'd have told you who I was. But actually, I was completely wrong. That wasn't me, because that person was the, uh, was the depressive, um, low self-esteem, didn't feel like he could be loved by his wife because of the low self-esteem, uh, a failing business, struggling financially, and... Um, I'm really thinking this can't be what life's really all about, can it? If, if this is it, maybe I'm out, you know, and had that thought one day and actually realised that that wasn't me. I also realised that the person I am today who um, works with, with leaders and corporates and individuals around the world to help them to, be, to discover who they truly are and to get that greatness, that goodness and that love into the world, even in business, in fact, especially in business. And that's... The kind, of, the kind of thing I'm doing right now. But of course, we recognize that that isn't me either. Because the real me, I, I, I find, is, is uh, gently revealing itself to me throughout the whole of my life. Mm. Like a dimmer switch where, you know, first it's kind of murky and gray when it's turned down one way. And as time goes by, if you accept what's coming through you and from you, then you're turning the, and you're moving the dial and it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And I feel that that's how my life is evolving. I'm learning more of myself. And that, that first realisation is realising what more is inside. So actually, I'm learning more about me as we go along. And I recognise that in 10 years' time, God willing, I'll know even more about what's inside than I do today. Does that kind of make, make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And so um, 
for people out there listening, how is it that you are tuning into what you are supposed to do? How are you doing that? Well, it comes, well what I do, it uh, actually comes after then years of pain of not tuning in and living in a life of not being mean and non-self and realise that only brought me pain and, and pain to those around me as well. So what, what I do is one of the key aspects of, of my approach in terms of my businesses and my, my personal life is just staying as connected as I can to my truth having regular periods of introspection, when you, whether you call them meditations or just inner moments or just you know, reflection, uh, to, to ponder, to consider, and to really go inside to recognize that my, my truth is inside of me. No one wants to just come outside of me. So I have to pay attention and help it to come out and put that into the world. So it's reflective. It's very much you know, inward bound in terms of finding the realizations. And then this, this great thing that I... Um, realized I was, I was doing, which I didn't intend to do, was actually once I discovered the realizations, is then put into practice that which I've discovered. So it's kind of a, th- uh, I, I talk about a, a concept called realize squared, which is the first realization is realizing who you are. And that's, that's a life journey. Mm. The second realization is that which we discover to make it real. The second realization is to, to make it real, to realize it. So when we, when we combine the realizations we learn about ourselves with the actions and the practices daily of making that real, which we discover, that's where the real joy, that's where the real success, that's where the real happiness has, has come for me. Mm, beautiful. And for those of you who out there listening who don't know Derek's story, Derek has got a really interesting story uh, from a transformational perspective. Um, could you tell us a little bit more, uh, Derek, about um, what happened in your childhood? Because I think that's you know really quite a poignant moment in your life. Yeah. In terms of some of the things I do now, I, uh, Kitty, I, you know, I speak internationally. I speak on uh, small stages, medium-time stages, and um, and some stages with you know two thousand, seven thousand people on some of the biggest gigs. I um, and all over the world on four continents so far, uh, and that's interesting because when I was thirteen, I was a stutterer, and um, I became a stutterer after the, the death of my mother, and it was the because we were really close to my mother, and it's actually her death that threw me into, effectively threw me into an emotional shock. And I found that after learning her death, I couldn't speak. And it was literally the same day, wasn't it, that it happened? That it, it was, yeah, because I got home from school one day and just, um, you know, just ran into the house as I normally do, that little 13-year-old lad that I was, and um, ran into the house. And I noticed that the house was full of family and friends and some neighbours, and I was really just trying to figure out what was going on and why they're all here, because no one was actually speaking to me. And then I, I looked at the curtain window just to kind of check and see, because you know, mum will be back in a minute. When mum's back, she'll tell me what's going on. And I looked and her bus came and then her bus went and she wasn't on it. And it was in that moment I was just thinking, what's going on? And as I was thinking what's going on, one of our neighbours burst into the front door of the house mm-hmm. and just said, maybe she's dead. Maybe she's dead. That was my mother's nickname. Her name's Kathleen. And um, she died that day in hospital. I went in for a routine operation um, and died that day um, with a, a massive pulmonary embolism, um, leaving behind her husband, my dad, at 38, and seven wow. kids. Seven kids? Seven kids. So it's, um, the, the issue was then, you know what, is the funny thing about what we do inside of ourselves is I did not believe that to be true. I thought she's not dead. There's no way mom's dead. Um, so um, I remember that night... Um, I went to bed when the house was full of people. I went to bed and I just wanted to, I just 
grabbed hold of the bed and I was holding onto the bed, just um, kind of crying myself to sleep, just trying to get to sleep. Because I absolutely knew that this was a dream. And if I just got to sleep, mm. then when I woke up, it would all be a dream. But um, the problem was when I woke up, it wasn't a dream. And of course, you know, she'd gone. Mm. And, and of course, when I, when I had the people then speaking to me, I found that I, I was <coughs> really couldn't get my words out. And um, so I was quiet for a couple of weeks, went back to school and spoke with a stutter and did start wow. as well. I was about 30 years old. 30? And how did you um, stop stuttering? Well, I went to uh, speaking classes <laughs> okay. because um, when, I was, when I was about 25, someone wrote me a letter, a young lady who I wish I could thank today because she, you know, sometimes people do you an injustice deliberately because they want to hurt you. Um, Actually, that can turn into a great thing because yeah. I had a letter from someone I was 25 years old at the company I used to work at who yeah. didn't get a job with the company, but she heard me speaking, stuttering right. um, and blabbering and all the rest of it. And she wrote a letter and said, uh, Mr. Mills, I did get a job at the company and I've got this qualification, got this experience and I've done that. And I can't see how I couldn't work at the company when someone like you, and I'm going to quote you quote here, who can't even speak properly and who babbled incoherently, how you can work at the company and I can't. And let's give the facts now. I tell that story now um, as a way of saying, no matter how stuck you are, you can get out of that stuckness. Mm. At the time, I was humiliated just reading the letter. And I didn't, I didn't even read it a second time because I knew or I thought people could read my mind if I read it again. And that sounds a bit silly now, but that's how I was humiliated at the time. But she was actually right. I couldn't speak properly. So I made a decision in that moment to learn to speak properly for the second time, hence the speaking classes for the next five years. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't go to that. Yeah, I didn't go to stuttering classes. I didn't want to be a stutterer. I went to speaking classes. Yeah. Learned to speak. So by 30, stutterer, you wouldn't have called me a stutterer by 30. Fantastic. And do you and do you find now if there's periods of stress that sometimes you can that that stutter comes back or does it does it ever because No, it, I don't think it's ever come back. Maybe it did in the early years, but um it isn't it isn't really part of me. It's part of me because it's part of my journey, but it's actually part of me. It was the thing I was doing. Yeah, so it's um, and I remember I could always sing songs. A lot of people who stutter can sing, can't they, without wow. stuttering? So we know there's a process, but anyway, for me, it was more of an emotional thing as well as learning steps to quiet my thoughts, slow them down, breathe. <laughs> and uh, so that was really good. And that was with a firm called Dale Carnegie. Um, yeah. they, they did speaking courses, I did that, and um, yeah, so that was how I got out of the stuttering thing. And of course, I didn't even then, I didn't become a speaker. I've uh, worked in financial services since I was 21 years old. Yeah. So, so, so about, about, 10, about 10 years now, yeah, Kitty? Yeah, 10 years, yeah. About 10 years, okay. So anyway, working in financial services since I was 21 years old and um, we really struggled for the first 17 years of that. And I'm not going to blame the stuttering because I wasn't stuttering by 30, but I just couldn't make it work, couldn't get the clients, couldn't get the right quality of clients low self-esteem, but working six, seven days, you know, that scenario. I know many people go through this, but it was, um, it, it was hell, real, real torture. And that's when I realised that my, my family couldn't really love me because who am I to be loved? And, um, and I've caused problems with my relationships because well, why would you love me? Because she's amazing and she's beautiful. Why would you love me again? So that, there's something wrong here. And, and I was working all those late nights until 10, 11 in the evening and really, began to cause problems in my own family, not in my kids. Um, and I got depressed. You won't be surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, I became depressed. Um, 
But at 38, everything changed just in a moment. And what's relevant to this, Kitty, is that uh, it only takes a moment to change everything. It doesn't matter that that's a cliche. It's yeah. absolutely true. And that moment to me, when I speak and coach now, is saying to people, pay attention. And really pay attention to the words, thoughts, questions, phrases, and ideas that are all around you. Because that's where the universe, God, is looking to guide you with those words, thoughts, questions, phrases, and ideas. To put you back on the path, to tell you that you're great. To tell you that you came into this world as a 10. Maybe playing as a 3, but you're a 10. You came here as a 10, so you're actually playing at a three. What we need to do is get to realize that you came here as a 10 and as you move from that three, and so I'm playing as a 10. So that happened to me with a simple question from, believe it or not, the office security guard. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I was working one, late one night at around um, quarter to 10 in the evening, and he just kind of said to me, you know, time to lock up. And I said, well, you have a bit more time. You know, give me 10 more minutes. And... Uh, he came back after 10 more minutes and I was trying to work out who we're going to see tomorrow. I need, I, need, I need cash flow. I need to get some money in from somewhere. Uh, and he asked me, he said, what time did you get in this morning? And that was really it. Because when he walked away, I realised I've been up since six. I'm on the road since seven. Got the office at eight o'clock. It's now 10 in the evening almost. I'll be home by before 11. I'm doing this, not, every, not just for today. I've been doing this for weeks, months, yeah. and years. And this wasn't my life and I didn't, I wasn't being with the angels that God had sent me. I was being, I was in this four rooms looking, shuffling bits of paper, thinking, how do I get out of this? Yeah. And the worst part of that, Kitty, was I'd been doing the goal setting thing for 17 years. I'd been to uh, Robin's thing, I read the book, I read you know, the other books out there from Napoleon Hill and every the lots of CDs and tapes and listen to them. But after 17 years of listening to all that stuff, I hadn't achieved any of my goals and I was broken depressed. So I also had a learning in that moment that's time my life found that actually uh, goals don't work on their own. There's something missing. And, and then we had to look at things in a different way to make the success of who we truly are. To become a 10, goals need some help. Mm. Goals don't work on their own. They never have. In fact, goals don't achieve goals. They never have, have they? The goal doesn't achieve the goal. It's the daily standards that we live by that determine our success or our failure. And this was the, these were the realizations that came out to me literally in an epiphany moment after the security card left. Yeah. Almost like a flash of inspiration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and you're right, though, a flash of inspiration that changed everything. Yeah, wow. And why do you think you, you know, I truly believe, you know, and Kitty Talks is demonstrating this, you know, we're interviewing inspirational people around their life stories. I truly believe that we have to go through some of those experiences so it enables us to teach and help others. You know, why do you think you had to go through all of those years of working, you know, hard by the sounds of things and not smart? And then, you know, what is it about that experience that now enables you to help others? Yeah. And um, see, I haven't come to a, a conclusive decision on this about whether we have to have those challenges um, to become what we can be. And to put that into context, if you consider a child um, in a, a very light nylon tent, um, in Europe, having escaped from Syria with their family and they're four years old and hungry. They're challenges, and they may never get the opportunity to be all they can be because of what we know of. A lot of people don't make it through those challenges. My challenges uh, in the scale of things in the world were light. This is my mother when I was 13, having a stutter, being broken, almost bankrupt in my mid-20s, and taking talk to us about 35, 36 years old. So at 37 years old, to get rid of my debts, 
I, I look at them now in a different way. What I realise actually is that yes, part of it is the journey. Yeah. Because part of the journey says you've gone through that and give that meaning. As in actively realise, give it meaning. Because if you give it meaning, it, it changes what it does to you internally. And if you give it meaning, you can use that meaning to help other people. Harness it. We yeah. go through similar things or we might go through completely different where we understand where you've come from. So there is, there's a part that says there's some meaning to this and we have to look and search for and get the meaning rather than having the meaning that life would have ascribed to it previously. Mm-hmm. Because it shapes this. That, that, um, uh, that there's nothing good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. In other words, we can have things happen to us. And it's what we ascribe to that that really determines whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And that's good to hear when you're in real trouble, but actually, it, to me, that, that's true. Um, and I, I also feel that when most people go through their challenges, um, if that's true historically, that the problems we've had in the past have shaped us today, help us to help ourselves and to help others and to honour and serve others, it also gives me comfort to know, yes, I'll have problems in the future, but they too will form in, will come into a benefit. They too will become into a blessing. They too will form a grace mm-hmm. and really good for me and for other people. So even future challenges even current time, present time challenges, are not challenges in the way it would have been many years ago. I'm thinking, there's good in this. And mm. there's a in this to help someone. And there's a coaching session to help someone. Mm. And there's a whatever it might be. Even though I'm going through this, it's good. There's real benefit in going through that. I don't want to go through the pain. But if I'm going through the pain, I reframe it to say, there's greatness coming out of this. Mm. Yeah, much more empowering meaning for life, isn't it? When uh, when you look, when you reframe actually what's happening and and look for that empowering meaning, I think those those things appear and they're not necessarily visible until we shift how we're looking at things. Yeah, it is absolutely true. Mm. So um, on Kitty Talks, we love to share inspirational life stories. So we love to talk to people who have had, you know, who hopefully have taken their adversity and turned it into an asset. You know, the idea is to inspire people to create their own lives. And I believe we all have a kind of passion and purpose on the planet. And actually, those things should be the things that we really, truly enjoy. Um, and it should be the things that we do naturally, that we're in flow. We were talking earlier um, about the fact that um, hopefully this is my passion and purpose. You know, I love to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you've known me for a long time. I've interviewed you quite a few times. Um, what advice would you have for somebody listening to this interview who... <laughs> Is struggling maybe to find what they're supposed to do on the planet? I think what's interesting is that um, first is recognition that inside of you, you really do know. Mm. But one of the challenges, as you know, as you know me from, from, from the book, um, the 10 Second Philosophy book, is that it's a very practical philosophy. It's okay to have all the spiritual and the connection and the love and the joy, which we really are as spiritual beings. But it just so happens that those our spiritual beings are in physical worlds with rules and laws. And um, what we're, the key thing here is to is to begin to pull away from those rules and laws for keeping us in non-self. Because the non-self is where the world is have you conspire to be what you think the world wants you to be. Right. But even when, when I meet people who are 30, 40, and 50, they're still living a life because they say, oh, well, I need to do that and because of society or the media or family or friends or whatever it might be, trends at the time. And actually, the first thing is to not just look at who we are on the inside, but to recognise what's keeping us from being in that place. And a lot of teachers talk about the stuff on the inside and being real and being authentic and being the true self-spirit and letting who you are flow into your life. 
without really paying attention to what's stopping that. I think the first port of call is to pay attention to what's stopping me and what's causing, who are the people around me? What am I reading? What am I doing? Where am I going? How am I speaking? What's yeah. happening? What am I paying attention to? Because when we then need to realize, no, hold on a sec, I'm doing all of this. No wonder not in true self. Because <laughs> this stuff is designed to pull me into the world of TikTok rather than being my spiritual true self. So first port of call is to begin to pay attention to the things that are pulling you away from your, who you are and to get you to be not who you really ought to be. You're who you ought to be. Mm. That's been the first step. So it sounds a bit, um, a bit of a judgment, but it means looking at your environment, your yep. relationships, toxic yep. people around you, the media, what you're reading, the radio, the newspapers, and all the rest of it. Because, of course, if you know that um, you, you, you can't be all you can be until you're what you're meant to be. So if you are in a society where you're listening to the radio and it's giving you 99% negative news and you're surrounded by people who are, to a degree, lost and they're negative and they're telling you that, you know, you've got to just look good to, 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 <laughs> to fake it till you make it and people around you, you're going to struggle. So the mm. first thing is strip away the things that weigh you down. Because a lot of people can run fast, but they don't because they're weighed down. Mm. And when we, are, when we take away the weights, you know, that's the first thing to do. Not to learn to run faster, but to take away the weights. Because in taking away the weights, you do indeed run faster. So it's having a review of life and saying, now, where am I being pulled into non-self? And where, where, where am I going to be in my spiritual self? And design a life with more of the stuff that keeps you more truth. And design a life that keeps you away from the non-self or the non-truth. And actually what you find then is that the true self takes over. Because the true self needs releasing. So it's not about what we do, it's about how we can allow this truth to come out. Um, so as we begin to let go of the things that keeps us in non-self, the true self pops up and says, oh, okay, I'll talk to you now. And did you realize that you're, you're on a scale of one to 10, that you're a 10? You're playing as a three. And here are some of the gifts that you've got to get you to realize that you'll be 10 in your life if you listen to me, yeah. if you be authentic. But what, what, the, what the true self does not do, doesn't give you the 10 day one. What it says is actually, you've broken up our relationship for quite some time and it's fractured. I'm going to give you some things to pay attention to, little hints, little intuitions, Bits of guidance, some inner words, some thoughts, questions, phrases, and ideas. Yeah. So if you pay attention to that stuff, on the little stuff, go left, go right, call that person now. Let's do this. Do something that logically sounds wrong, but emotionally you're, and normally you go with the logic, but it's said go with this. And what the true self is doing, which is the essence of who we truly are, is the spirit that we came here as. It's that which we leave with once the physicality returns to dust. What the true self is saying is actually, you've got it all. That you, you already read, you're a 10, but you need to re engage me. So let's just, just have a relationship together. And if I'm in a relationship with them, um, if I was courting for the very first time, I don't know about you, Kitty, but when you're very first courting, you probably don't give the person you begin courting your house key, your car key, <laughs> second date, and your cash card. <laughs> 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 you don't give them all those things day one, do you? Here's what you do you, you kind of say to them, you know, okay, meet me at eight o'clock, that place. And the first test of building that trust is, is that they turn up. Yes. And that they're on time. Yes. Boxes, ticks as you go. So what you're really doing is you're building that trusting relationship. Now revert that back to the true self. It's going to throw little things to you, little hints, little things, little intuitions, little guidance. It's to pay attention, but not just pay attention, to literally follow through on those tiny things. As you follow through on the tiny things, it gives you medium-sized things. 
As you follow from the medium class things, it gives you the large things, it gives you the gifts that you came with, it gives you gives you the genius, it gives you the true ability that you have, which means now you're playing at a 10. And when you start playing at a 10, because it was always there, your life changes. It's about building that relationship. And recognize if you're always a 10, it's about letting it out, not learning more, but letting it out. And that's beautiful, Derek, because you hit on one of the themes that we talk about in Kitty Talks all the time. Because I, you know, I believe when people tune into that the way you describe it, your true self. So it's their intuition, the nudges. They start following their passion and purpose, and like you said, that's when other things um, open up. Like I remember an amazing story you told me about your background and history and how you got the film opportunity in America, and it was literally by listening to those nudges. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and um, I've, I've been in a couple, been in a couple of films now, and um, the first one was, was Keeper of the Keys with Jack Canford and, and uh, Marcy Gray, and uh, no, so Marcy Shlomoff and John Gray, Doctor John yes, Gray. John Gray, yeah. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> and that was really because you know, in a very short, the crazy version of this is I, uh, I was doing my fifth talk in. in <coughs> <laughs> Derek has been sipping honey and lemon, bless him, because he's got uh, a bit of a cold. So, <laughs> I've been, I've been uh, doing my fifth talk, and I had a realization I'd be speak, I should be speaking this globally. That for my sixth talk, actually, complete madness, isn't it? Yeah, There's wow. Something feeling this. So I then uh, applied to speak of this uh, global event, and I was told. It's been book free, uh, you can't speak here. But I knew I was going to speak there, so I kept contacting them. And then one day I got a message back just saying, someone fell out today. But you knew that you were going to speak, as in your intuition told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. I didn't know. But the greatest part of the true self knew, because to me that made, made no sense. And I knew that these things are booked a year ahead. But I followed through, and then one afternoon on a Saturday, I thought, oh, email them now. So I emailed them again and just said, I'd like to speak at this event. You know, and um, I booked to the delegates to go to, um, it was in Holland. I booked to the delegates and they said to me, um, I had an email back within minutes that said, what do you want to speak about? And I replied, I'm talking about daily standards and how daily standards are the key to successful goals, not the goals themselves, but the daily standards. And to fine, okay, filling this form, sending it back to me. Did that within a few minutes. Next a few minutes, I had an email saying, you're speaking on the Friday. Mm. Wow. My fifth talk, as a, as in anywhere, I've talked, I've talked to school kids, I talked to the PSA, um, so my sixth talk was this one. I got there, and by being in that room, incredible experience, almost out of body, and let my true self take over for the majority of that talk. I, I talked and tell it, the lesser self talked and tell it, but a big chunk of the true self took over. In that room, someone said to me, stuff you're talking about, daily standards, should be in the film. And I know people making the film, and they are Jack Canfield, Dr. John Gray, and I love you in the film. So right. I took, so I um, found myself speaking to LA the next the next uh, week. Uh, the months later, I was flying out to LA to film these greats and spend time with them, do some work with them. Mm. Which my for the guy I've only spoken six times, but my raised my platform from a completely nobody from nowhere to a real significant position. Here's the thing: what I was demonstrating that when we're in that place of true self. I am a genius. Yeah. When, when I, when I raise, take a hold of my life from being broke and a non-speaker 
and the guy that's struggling with low self-esteem issues, what was, what's inside them is a genius trying to get out. And what's inside every one of us is a 10, which by that, I mean, there's a genius inside of each of us wanting to get out. We have to get out of the way and let it come out. It's already there. Mm. So I realized that I could speak, and I could speak well, and I could coach, and I could write, and then I um, executive produced another film. And then here's, here's the thing. 12 months ago, which is five years after the first film, mm. I get a call from the producers of the uh, film called Think, Mm-hmm. The Legacy of Thinking Grow Rich, the biggest selling personal development book. Massive book, yeah. Nothing's beaten it. Not Robin's, not no one's beaten it. Biggest selling of, of all time. And they said, um, we're in cahoots with um, the Napoleon Hill Foundation, the foundation left by the author. And yep. we're making a of the book. And remember, you did some stuff five years ago. Really? Like the film. We've got a couple of billionaires in there. We've got um, Bob, Bob Drydeck and we've got. Um, Lewis Howe and lots of other people. And right. um, but, but I'd like, like you to be in the film. We've got Bob Proctor and a couple of these incredibly wealthy guys who are out there, American billionaires, that is. And I said, uh, I love your stuff. And uh, I really said, Would you like to be in the film? Now, he didn't actually get to answer that, to ask that question. So before you finish that question, I said, Yes. <laughs> of course, I'd like to be in the film. Absolutely. More, um, books than anything else. And uh, so I got involved in that. And then through some conversations, I ended up really getting uh, uh, getting involved financially as well. So that, that's what's um, helped. So the, the film will be in every country in the world. Wow. And creating the brand. And, and imagine the impact as well, because Think and Grow Rich is such an amazing film. Uh, sorry, amazing book, and it's incredible. And imagine the impact that film's going to have. And this, and this is, you know, Derek, this is a beautiful example of what we talk about on Kitty Talk. This is you listening to your inner voice, your true self, you're following your passion, you're following your purpose, you're listening to that intuition and it's led you into an amazing opportunity where you can serve uh, and where you can have a real positive impact on the planet. And our vision for Kitty Talks is to inspire a generation of change makers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. And so thank you. That's a really beautiful example of exactly what we're trying to demonstrate to our audience. So That's great, Kitty. It's, it's worthwhile. But it also is an example because it's not about my story. It's what that means for the people, isn't it? Yeah, to say, the it's great, it's great inside of you, and your true self is actually a genius. And if you're struggling in life, in any asset of any area of life, if you're struggling, there's something inside you that can bring you outside of that struggle. And if you're struggling in life, it's because you're playing at a three, because you don't realize you're a 10, because your 10 wouldn't struggle. Your 10 gets you from being a, a, a nobody struggling to make a living to being on the biggest stages and having platform with the biggest gurus and teachers in, in the area within an incredibly short period of time. That's one example, mm. but it's the point we're making here, both you and I, is that that, that stuff is inside of us. It's about mm. deciding how to, so deciding to let it out and then letting it out because this is what really, it's really important to me is in, sh- in doing these messages and sharing um, conversations with you and other people mm. is that between us, we, we just help someone to realise this stuff and to wake up, and they wake up, and they change everything for everyone. Mm. So not what I do, or what you do, but I think I do believe in our life we can wake up someone, maybe who they, they wake up someone, and they wake up someone, and it's that person mm. that changes everything for good for all of us. Mm. That's one, not just from a selfish perspective, but to truly honour and serve the world, mm. we really need to wake up and get our, get our true self into the world so that it can serve the world, because that's what came in, mm. to serve the world. And- you can't um, 
you can't I, you can't feel this, but you you should feel the energy that I've got running through my body <laughs> at the moment because it's absolutely so, true, absolutely true. And when we kind of get out of our own way and like you know in that instance, you know that that film is going to have such an amazing positive impact. And like you said, I think you know it could be one person that that wakes up and then it will have an even more positive impact on the planet. So yeah, I. I totally, totally agree, Derek. And it's also you know, part of helping people to understand, because I didn't understand this. Mm. I had to learn it. Mm. And that was the term. In all those years when I was struggling, yes. I must have been a genius all of those years. Yes. I've made significant success in business and significant success financially. I'm working less hours than I ever used to. I've got gifts and talents I didn't even know that I had. So all of that time, that stuff must have been inside of me. So I'm hoping through this conversation we can help people understand that it's, it's there. It actually is there. You don't know what it is yet. No. It actually is there. And if you just tap into that, you will not understand or be able to write down on paper today that which you will become and how you can help the world in the future. And that's what's important. It is, it is there. And it's part of my, my um, philosophy, as you know, kids, is to have this challenge with process of goal setting. Yeah. Because I think most people that set goals, set goals based upon structures given to them by the world, by, by social norms of what they think they should have, be, and, and guess, and all the rest of it. And when I say, actually, that, that can be quite limiting. Goal setting can be very limiting, because you're more than you think. Because what you think you are, you already know that you're more than that, or you should know by now that you're more than that. So what if you've set goals based on your thinking limitations? And what if there's something inside of you that's been limited by those goals? What it really needs is an authentic way to come out into the world to really show you what you're truly made of, and that you are a genius, and that you are a 10. So I work on a philosophy of living by daily standards, except from the authentic self. And that place helps us to go beyond our goals. Derek, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed, I always enjoy our conversations. I think thank you. incredible yeah. question. So thank you so much. You're amazing. <laughs> no, I always really enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much. And I, and I love this concept of true self. I think the more we tune into and hone into our true self, the more our light can shine on the planet and have an impact. So really, really beautiful. Um, and for those of you who want to find out more about Derek, we are going to have all his details, his website, his book, his upcoming film. Watch out for that uh, in our show notes. Um, but yeah, once again, Derek, thank you so much for taking time out. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate you. Thank you, Kitty. God bless you. Yeah, thank you so much. And we hope to see you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.